Enter for a chance to win a lavish plant-based paradise vacation in the Mayan Riviera. Link in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Complement and their incredible Complement Essential Multi-Nutrient with the eight critical hard-to-get nutrients on a plant-based diet all in one place. There's no question that the plant-based diet is a nutrient powerhouse. If you're a regular listener to the show, you know I preach that all of the time. But no matter how great it is for your long-term health, no diet is perfect. Even a well-planned diet can lack a few important nutrients for your health. That's where Complement Essential comes in. It provides those essential nutrients like vitamin B12 and DHA and EPA omega-3s in science-backed bioavailable amounts, all in a simple capsule you take daily. It even comes in 100% biodegradable packaging that will literally break down in your backyard if you were to bury it. To learn more about Compliment's products and why I choose Essential to complement my diet, go to lovecompliment.com forward slash Ashley and use the code Ashley10 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am so grateful you are here today. How are you doing today, by the way? I don't feel like I ask you that. And with the holidays coming up and it just being a busy season in general, I hope that you're finding some time for yourself and you're also maybe potentially planning ahead for the next wild few weeks that we have ahead of us. So the reason I say that is because today our guest, Kate, we talk a little bit about the holidays and what she did when she transitioned to plant-based to kind of help her prepare to be in non-plant-based environments while she was transitioning. So we talk about that just a little bit. I am thrilled to welcome Kate to the show. So I, I talk about this in the actual podcast, but Kate and I met at the retreat. She was one of our guests and she, I mean, every guest was phenomenal. And I was so grateful that Kate came onto the show to share her story. She has a very unique story. So Kate is a clinical psychologist in New York city, and she was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when she was 15 years old. After years of being on and off medications like NSAIDs, which she talks about and which contributed to creating digestive issues, Kate pursued a path of managing her arthritis symptoms with nutrition at the age of 30. So she's diagnosed at 15 and she really doesn't start getting into nutrition until 30. So think about that 15 years. And she goes into all those details for us. She's been primarily plant-based for almost nine years, and she has not been on medications for her arthritis since making this change. Can you believe that y'all? This story is incredible. It just speaks to the power of nutrition and how food can have an impact on how we feel. So I'm so thrilled to welcome Kate to the show. Please join me in welcoming her and her incredible story. Welcome to the show, Kate. 
Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to talk with you. And for those of you who are listening, Kate and I met at our retreat earlier this year, and it was such a blast to have her there. And it was so cool too, because I feel like we got to know everyone on a really intimate level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I asked for people to come on the podcast to share their story, Kate jumped on it. And I was so thankful because secretly I really wanted her to come on anyway. <laughs> so she's going to share her story with us today, which I'm thrilled to get into. Before we do that, Kate, would you mind just giving us a little background on yourself and what you do and anything yeah. else that comes to mind? Yeah. As Ashley said, my name is Kate. I'm a clinical psychologist who lives and practices in New York City. I have actually been working with individuals on the autism spectrum for like 16 years. And so my practice is really primarily like focused in that area. And I work with like adolescents and adults. And that's been a journey. And actually part of my plant-based journey ended up having to do with some of my coworkers that I never would have met if I hadn't been working in that field. So that it's you know, relevant in that way. I am married and a mom of a four-year-old and I have two cats. Yes. <laughs> two cute little cats. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'm excited to hear about this plant-based connection. So kind of as we get into that, I would love for you to give us a background on kind of how that your plant-based journey even started. Yeah. So actually sort of like the circuitous route, I guess is a good way to put it. I was 15 when I was diagnosed with um, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and I was in high school and I was a cheerleader and every impact was hurting my joints, right? And you cannot be a cheerleader without constant impact moves. It got to the point where like my low back was, I was having a lot of pain. I was like rolling an ankle regularly and finally ended up getting like blood work done and saw a pediatric rheumatologist and they diagnosed me with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. There's like a history of autoimmune stuff in my family. So it wasn't like totally mind blowing. And so I think the other piece that was like really kind of cool about like having a family with that history is like, we're just like, all right, well, this is a thing. This is the thing we're going to manage, but like, it's not a defining thing. So Mm. I never felt like, oh my God, now I have arthritis and my life is Oh, like I didn't have that like identity piece to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're 15. I mean, and you're cheerleading. I mean, when you're 15, like I have my whole life ahead of me and right. I, you know, potentially want to take cheer to the next level. So yeah. What was that like? Yeah. I just, you know, I just was like, all right, well, how do we, what do we do? Like, how do I manage it? And, you know, traditional medicine, you manage it with non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So NSAID. So I had already, because side note, military family, military uh, medical facilities over prescribe and said, so I had already been on like way higher doses of like ibuprofen than most mm. people should ever be exposed to. And so with like not responsive to any of like your kind of more traditional NSAIDs. And you were put on those because you're already kind of experiencing the pain even probably yeah. prior to even being yep. diagnosed. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so I was on like Celebrex and then tried this, you know, just different medications. And I kind of was on intermittent trials through like the rest of high school and college and, you know, would notice that like anytime I did any high impact exercise. So like running is like, even now, if I were to run, it's basically like an automatic inflammation response in in, like my ankles, my knees, my hips now, because I'm almost 40, Um, (laughs) you know, and, and so that's, fine. I like 
there are other things I can do. I don't need to do high impact exercise. Yeah. So did you end up quitting cheerleading? I I stayed cheering through uh, the remainder of high school, just sort of like figured out what do I need to do to modify things. I like took out some of the high impact stuff and my coach was supportive. So, so that was kind of like, I guess what happened there. And then I, I feel like from there, I sort of just like meandered through my twenties where sometimes I would be on meds. Sometimes I wouldn't. For me, waking up in pain was normal. It was like, I felt like I was like, Oh, I just like made fun of myself. Like I coped with humor. Right. I'm like, I'm just like, Oh, I'm like an old lady. I just wake up. I'm like achy. I gotta like take time. I can't just like pop out of bed. Yeah. And so that was kind of just how I lived. And I didn't know to like look for anything different. I didn't think to look for anything different. And so like the the doctors at this point are basically just prescribing medications. And I mean, that was what you had access to. So that's sort of what you went with. Yep. Yeah. And I just didn't even like think anything. My sister, meanwhile, for animal rights reasons was vegan at one point, but never, ever like talked to me about like the health component of a plant-based. And so I just didn't even think about, had no idea. And then I was talking with a friend and colleague at work who also works in my uh, same community, same population. And we both had young friends who had uh, breast cancer. And so this whole all started, I wasn't even looking for something for my arthritis. It was just a, we're telling a story about having young friends with breast cancer. Yeah. And we both were having this like freak out of like, we know that not all cancer can be prevented, but we do know that some things can be prevented. We know there's genetics. We know, right. Like we know there's all these different factors and we both just decided we're like, well, we heard about this book, eat to live. Oh yes. And so I was turning 30 and I, after I turned 30, I decided I was like, I'm literally transitioning jobs. I'm going from this one job on Long Island. I had been doing a crazy commute. I was like not feeling great in my body. Couldn't squeeze in exercise because my commute was like an hour and a half each way. It was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I literally went to on vacation. I was sitting on the beach in Jamaica and I was reading Eat to Live. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm like reading for the beach. (laughs) sitting there I'm reading it to live and I'm like everything I'm eating and this like all-inclusive vacation I was like well this is the last time I'm eating this Um, (laughs) I just sort of like decided while I was on the vacation that when I got back I was done eating that way wow and learned so much for me to live and now having like learned I mean that was nine years ago so having learned you know, more and more, I definitely see like the value of what that book offered. I also see things now that I disagree with, but I am, you know, grateful for how it really precipitated my plant-based journey because literally I would say within like a month or two of being plant-based, I didn't wake up in pain anymore. Wow. For the Um, first time in probably a long time. In like 15 years. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, what was that like? And did you make that connection of like, oh, it might have something to do with the way I'm eating? So kind of given, you know, my background as a psychologist, I was like crossed, I was doing a lot of the background research, like, okay, they made this reference. Let me actually go look at that study. Like, what is the research? And so 
I went into like making plant-based adjustments with like a very specific goal in my mind of reducing my body's inflammation. Wow. Um, that was, that was the why, right? Yeah. Like it was like, okay. And not even thinking like, I want to reduce my symptoms necessarily. It was like, I want to reduce the level of inflammation in my body. And like, what will happen if I do that? Yeah. Yes. So why not give it a try? That was what happened. I like noticed right away. I was like, Hey, my joints don't hurt. I'm not swelling. Even like response to humidity, right? Like when it's humid, my hands used to swell. Yeah. Nope. None of that anymore. Wow. (laughs) So, okay. So you're having this conversation with your friend. You both have the eat to live book connection that came up and then you're on a beach in Jamaica reading this book. And then really within two months, it sounds like Mm -hmm. that's about like, how did that period go? Cause I know like kind of flipping the switch and changing your diet, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, I fortunate or unfortunate, I don't know when I like sort of, I'm one of those people, like when I see something, I like grab a bone and I like dive all in. I mean, I think you learned that about me on the retreat. Yes. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> like I, so I just was like, this is what I'm doing. I, I'm just committing to doing it. I would say the one thing that I did during my transition, and like in Eat to Live, they are pretty supportive of is, is I, I definitely kept more like uh, sustainably sourced fish and eggs in my diet, like during, especially in the beginning. And I still keep those in very sparingly, but that has more to do with like maintaining other like levels in my blood work and other fun things that I like still do now. But yeah, so for the most part, I'm whole food plant-based with the exception of those like two things. And that's super, super rare at this point. And I've, and I have been for nine years, that transition, that initial transition in terms of my experience of it was totally fine. In terms of the experience of other people around me, Mm. I would say (laughs) they, they weren't so happy about it. Yeah, yeah. How, how did that go? Because I mean, you're kind of, you're really changing your diet in a short period of time. And so for you, like you said, it was, it wasn't too bad, but other people usually are the ones who kind of make it a bit more challenging. So yeah. What was that like? So my partner at the time who I'm not with anymore, he was supportive, but then, and I really did the cooking and by it, because that is like always been, I love cooking and I love food. I was like, well, this is what I'm cooking now. So you can eat it or you can cook something else. Yep. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. One of the other things that I I think really like pursued as a challenge, and, and this was nine years ago, and like the accessibility of plant-based foods was very different at that time. I mean, there were definitely things, but it's not like it is now. Right. And it's interesting because I, I know there's a lot of like talk about like food and like holidays and how we like holidays shouldn't be about food, but I'm like, but they are about food. And like, I actually had a whole, like my, in my uh, grad program, in my diversity class, I actually, my project was on exploring the culture of food. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Uh, And so like, I very much like see how like cultures celebrate and honor relationships and through food. And there's certainly dysfunctional things that happen in that, but there's also a lot of really like functional, beautiful celebratory 
components of food. And so I think for me, one of the things that I was like, really, how do I do this is like, I guess one of like my missions that I like really dove into in the beginning was like, how do I make like holiday foods that are plant based? And so um, finding things like, uh, I have like this, like Thanksgiving risotto that I, it's like a baked risotto that I make. That's like, Oh, it's so good. Um, and creamy with, you know, no cream, Uh um, (laughs) (laughs) figuring out even like, how do I make this like holiday casserole thing that we always made? How do I take it and make that plant-based? Like what? And so a lot of like playing with that. And now I'm like super comfortable with like, no, we're going to do all of these things that are holiday actually. And thanks to um, you and Katie's post, I totally sponsored a turkey. Oh, (laughs) I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm already thinking about our plant-based Thanksgiving. Oh, so yes. I found like ways of it's okay for things to be plant-based, but also like making food fun and celebratory. And it's still yep. okay to celebrate with food and, you know, engage socially in that way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a great point. And because the holidays are coming up for those of you listening, exactly what Kate is saying when she's already, I mean, it's early November and she's already planning ahead for Thanksgiving, which is especially when you're plant-based and maybe you don't go to like a plant-based Thanksgiving, it can be really helpful to plan ahead. That way you can come up with maybe just some fun things that also taste really good that might win some people over, or at the very least, like open their eyes to that, like plant-based food can taste just as good and not look weird or funny or you know, wild or anything like that. My in-laws actually um, are, you know, omnivores and have attended numerous Thanksgivings with me and I allow them to bring the turkey, but then all of everything else has been plant-based. And most of the time they're like, oh, you would never know this is vegan. You would never. And I'm like, because most of our foods don't need to be (laughs) made with dairy and all those mm-hmm. other things. There's so many great alternatives these days where I mean it, you really can't tell the difference, which is a really great thing. So, yes. So, so I'm curious Kate kind of going back to this transition and you waking up to like not being in as much pain as you were, did you end up having conversations with your doctors or did anything change with your medications? What did that kind of look like? I just basically decided I wasn't going to be taking any of those medications anymore. Yeah. And then what I ended up pursuing really on my own, because I, I felt like the doctors that I saw, like if I mentioned like, Oh, I went plant-based and these things happen. They were kind of like, Oh, that's cool. So I ended up pursuing um, a functional medicine practice because I knew that what I wanted was to work with a physician um, who would really be able to look at the whole picture and not just think like prescribe, prescribe, prescribe. And, and I mean, I, during this time kind of went down my own like rabbit hole with understanding like the FDA, the world health organization, like all these other things, again, because I'm super research oriented. I was like, let me delve into this. And then had some eye-opening readings. And that was when I I really, you know, decided that I wanted to pursue something that was more functional in nature and looking at like the root cause of things and kind of what do we, you know, how do we go from there? And so that's, that's really what I did. I mean, it's been, I, I guess about five years since I started working with a functional medicine practitioner. And, you know, I have like the best understanding I've ever had of like my blood work of like what my, all my numbers mean, you know, I've 
I've done things like worn a continuous glucose monitor to understand like the timing of like, when should I be eating for my body? Not again, like, cause everyone's so different. Like yep, yep. it's so right. When should I be eating for my body or how do certain foods affect me? You know, uh, knowing what to eat for me, like before I go to bed, like there, it's just all, it's so, it's been really nice because I've been able to do so much with maintaining a whole foods plant-based diet been able to do a lot. And I, you know, have stayed off of meds for the, you know, I haven't like needed to be on them. Um, yeah. And I think now the biggest things that I like am astutely aware of are like, Oh, when I don't get enough sleep, my joints hurt. I was, I was wondering about that. If you notice some things just in your day-to-day routine where it's like, okay, that's why I'm not, you know, not feeling great right now. Yeah. So I would say that's one of like the gifts of changing my diet is that now I can really see all the other lifestyle pieces of like, how does that impact me? Yeah. Um, right. So, oh, if I don't get enough sleep, my joints hurt hands down 100% of the time. I know that to be true. If I drink a little too much, like it's not just like, oh, like the, you know, then my joints will hurt for that. And, and so I have I would say like a very clear understanding of how, what I consume and how my actions can impact my inflammation levels. Yeah. And so that's been like tremendous. I also notice if I'm like stagnant too much, if I'm not moving, even if it's just walking, right? Like even if I'm like in a place where I don't have time, but I feel it if I yeah. don't move. Yeah. Well, I know that you, cause when we did some yoga at the retreat and I know that that was yeah. one thing that you really enjoyed doing. Cause it felt, it just, it felt good on your joints as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and yoga has been, I would say, I think for me, like an on the mat, off the mat, like the physical component is so, it's been such a gift because it's like all movement I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, right. There's no high impact component. Like there's all, and And even if like, there's a thing I think I can't do, I now know how to make it all accessible. Like anyone, anyone can do yoga, you know, side message, Um, (laughs) (laughs) anyone can do yoga and finding yoga teachers who know how to make yoga accessible is feasible and possible. And they are out there. Um, but I, I think for me, when I, when I'm consistent about creating the space for doing yoga, my everything feels better. Yeah. Um, everything and including my mental health, my mental health is better when I'm doing yoga. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 And it sounds like you're connected to your body and even like the data of your body, like more than you ever have been, which sounds like a pretty powerful position to be in. Yeah. It's been, it's been really cool. There are times where, whether it's like a patient I'm working with, or I'm talking to a friend and they're like saying a thing. And I think now my struggle is I don't want to be like that person who's like, well, yeah, well, (laughs) if you, if you did this, it might help. And so figuring out like my inroads sometimes, because I'm also aware of the fact that I don't have like a nutrition certification. I'm aware, like there's all these things that I technically, you know, don't have like, they're not my area of expertise, professionally speaking. Yep. Yep. Um, but I do, I absolutely, one of the cool things about how this has been like linked into my work is I am much better about asking my patients, like, 
well, what do you eat? What does your diet consist of? Yeah. And I will And I won't necessarily guide them with any concrete or specific way, but I do make referrals to dietitians who will. Yeah. That's great to hear from my perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because, well, it's like one of those things where, you know, when you live in the place where you don't know what you don't know, and then once you do know, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. There's all these things that could be making a difference for this person. And like, making what I'm doing as a psychologist more accessible or feasible if I'm supporting things from a nutritional side. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you reading that book. Um, I remember I watched Forks Over Knives, which kind of really opened my eyes. So like you said, you don't know what you don't know. And then when your eyes are open to it, it's like, wow, this there's potential for this to really have an impact on how I'm feeling or what my day-to-day routine is looking like, or potentially waking up with little pain or no pain, which is unheard of. I know for you for, like you said, 15 plus years. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's in, and it's one of those things where, um, it's been really, uh, nice because I'm like, I have such a supportive group of people I work with. Almost all of the people who I've like previously shared an office space with are either vegan or vegetarian for like animal rights reasons, uh-huh. which is like bonus. We all eat the same way. Yes. So it's easy to like, <laughs> who cares about the why? It just yep. makes it like easy to be together. And so that's been really, really helpful. And then I think the other thing that for me, like in the beginning, I, I think my social circle wasn't a super supportive. And as just like things have evolved over time, I have a social circle who is very supportive. I never like worry about what am I going to eat or am I going to be okay eating? I, I literally never feel like I have to worry about that when I'm in like my friend's homes or, and I recognize that that is like a privilege and a gift that not everyone experiences. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we do talk about that a lot. Like if you can't experience that with like maybe immediate friends or family, like try and find that community online because it is helpful. It makes the journey so much just more enjoyable when you have a supportive community kind of backing you or at least like cheering you on. Yeah. 100%. And at first I definitely didn't. And then I was fortunate to really find that and create that. I think also I'm definitely a creator in that way. Yes. Did your sister end up saying anything since she was like vegan at one point? So it was really funny. She's like, of course, now you're basically vegan when yeah. I'm, and she's not anymore. Um, she is mostly still pretty like plant-based. Like, so she, it's easy to eat, but she definitely finds it to be amusing now. She's like, of course, of course you are. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kate, if someone's in your position, if they're listening to this and like, they're kind of at this point where they're wanting to potentially make the transition, or maybe they have a pain point like you did, where it's like, I don't know if medication is really what I want to be on for the rest of my life. Maybe I want to potentially try something else, not to say that medication is bad by any means, but maybe they're just looking for something different. Um, Is there any advice you would give to someone who's considering it, but maybe on the fence or is maybe just struggling with some, some of their own issues? Yeah. I mean, I think for the thing for me that really helped was like, I, I thrive off of information. And so I would say like, if I were giving advice to someone, it would be, well, look, look for the information that's out there. And if there is like a medical condition or a pain condition or any of those kinds of things, medicine has its place 100%. But I think that 
the power of how we can manage our inflammation levels or manage what's happening in our bodies with food is so underutilized in traditional medicine. And I know for me, so much of it has been feeling comfortable and confident of like looking for the information to be able to implement things on my own and then feeling comfortable and confident to be an advocate for myself based on all of that information. And then really looking at the data of my experience. And I think about it like that, like what is like the data from my own body, the data from my own like pain level, like that's all information. It's data that then I can take and I can utilize to help like bolster my confidence in being an advocate for myself in those medical settings. Um, And I think that's even why I like jumped on wanting to like come talk to you today is because I know how underutilized nutritional components are in traditional medicine. And, and that's, it's just so unfortunate because there's so many elements of why that happens that we want to talk about right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but I was like, even if it's just hearing one person's story of how I've been super fortunate and able to manage my, um, my medical presentation with with food really with food and and lifestyle thing yeah um and that might not be everyone's experience and I'm not by any means saying that it would be but I think it can certainly be a huge complementary component that is not talked about enough yeah oh I, I like that I like how you said that a complementary component to really everything else that you could be doing yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yeah uh well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. And I just appreciate your transparency and being open and honest about everything too, with your struggles. Yeah. I'm so happy to be here. And, and like I said, I really do hope that even if it's just one person who listens and is like, Hey, I have a medical thing. Yeah. Like, and then that makes, you know, the, the sharing of the story totally worthwhile. Yeah. And I like too, that it wasn't like this overnight switch thing. Like it was like this 15 year journey. Then you read the book and then it took you a few years to maybe find a doctor who like truly listened or that you aligned with. So mm-hmm. I think that's always a good reminder too, is that this is a journey. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, and so just like kind of giving yourself some time, cause you can't learn all the information at once, but the more you learn, the better off you are kind of like what Kate was doing, where she just was constantly taking in information and just learning more and more, even about her own body, which sometimes we don't take the time to do. Yeah. Yes. That's definitely part of it. I would say one of the things that I, I guess like surprise presence of like going plant-based is that like awareness of, oh, these are how these things impact my body and how I feel and then how I can take that. It's all information and I can take it to make my, in to make mindful choices to really guide my decisions in a way that helps me just be more deliberate. Right. Yeah. Like it's not, and it's not black or white, but it's all choices. Yeah. Right. I can, I can choose to stay up late and watch a show and recognize there's going to be an impact the next day, or I can shoot, right. It's choices and taking the information in and then make using that to like navigate and guide how I guide, like determine my actions. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Powerful yeah. stuff. If anyone's looking to connect with you on the social media, where would be the best place for them to do that? All right. So um, the best way to find me is on Instagram. Uh, my profile is technically private, but you can still search me and message me. It's uh, Kate Maria 22. Um, and if you send me a message, I will you know, definitely take a look and get back to you. 
Nice. Wonderful. And we'll include that link. And then we'll also include the book that you mentioned as well, in case anyone's curious to check it out. Uh, I'm sure the library has it at the very least. So we'll include that as well in case people are curious um, and some other fun things below in the show notes for you. So Kate, thank you again for being here. I really appreciate it. And the listeners appreciate it as well. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Good. All right. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast today. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with a friend or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally say thank you. Until next time, keep thriving.